Welcome to the Down to Business Podcast with Alex Kirby, where entrepreneurs and small businesses come to stretch themselves and grow their company. From interviews to in-depth discussions, you'll learn how to market effectively, increase profits, and become the leader your company needs you to be. Now, let's get down to business. All right. Hey guys, what's going on? Xander Kirby, Down to Business Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I'm with my friend David Waldy, Fierce Empathy Solutions. I'm going to make sure I say that right. It's a mouthful at times, <laughs> but it's awesome name. So congratulations on your marketing abilities, David. Um, hope you guys are doing great today. We're excited to bring you uh, this episode and, and more to come. As you guys know, David's going to be on the show pretty often. <clears throat> Uh, and he brings so much value um, in content and just great things to help you with your business, your life, your faith, whatever it is. Um, but we're here to help you with your business however we can. So today, David, well, first off, fill yep. us in with what you just did this weekend. Man, because <laughs> you did something nuts. And I want, I, I actually don't know much about it other than it's it's cool. So I did my first uh, my first Spartan race this weekend, and is that a known thing? Like, is there multiple brands of that? No, Spartan is. Spartan's just, like, I mean, there's it's there's like a lot the main of main one. There's a lot of different races that are yeah. very similar. You've probably heard like the Tough Mudder, and then there's like you no. know the Rangers do stuff. And uh, but this one, it's it's really cool. What's uh, awesome about it is that there's all these different levels of people competing in different different types of races. And so I did what's called the sprint this weekend, which if you're going to do, uh, there's three weight races you can do to earn an, an award called a trifecta award. So there's a 5K, a 10K, and a half the marathon. The trifecta award. Trifecta award. Yep, exactly right. I like that. Sponsored by trifecta. I love it. <laughs> but it was, it was a really humbling experience because um, – we all have these moments where where fear just comes out of the middle of nowhere mm. and just completely dismantles us. I, and I'm the mindset guy. So I read I was, your post about it, and it was I used go to go check it out on Facebook. It was a long <laughs> post, but I was like pretty moved by it um, about it because yeah, go back to what you said. We were driving, and um, I'm very familiar with panic attacks. I, I had a season, years of life, where it's just constant anxiety, panic attacks, things like that. And so, uh, not a stranger to me, but it, it, I haven't dealt with that in years. Mm. And so. As we're going, all of a sudden, like I feel the anxiety rise and I feel like panic, and I start feeling like terror, like I'm scared mm. because I, scared I was to fail or well, I was I was scared because I didn't know what I was getting into. Uh, I yeah. knew I was doing this race, but I didn't know what the obstacles were. I didn't know like what the course was going to look like. I didn't have anything other than I know that I'm going to to do this race and come hell or high water, <laughs> I am going to finish. Yeah. But then I started thinking, I was like, well, what if, you know, what if I can't finish? Like, what if I get injured? What if I'm laying there on the side and people are running past me and I embarrass myself mm. and um, just a bunch of irrational fears. But it was very sobering and humbling for me because I, I had to practice everything that I preach. Yeah. And it was really cool to see uh, that yeah. even when fear comes out of the middle of nowhere, when you can focus on gratitude. You can anchor into the present moment. You can stop worrying about the future. And this is what's so true in business too and in life is that when you stop in your head living in the future or the past and you can anchor into the moment, you start to recognize like really everything's okay. Yeah. A lot of times this fear and this anxiety, the stress, the worry, uh, even guilt and shame, like these are things from the past or from the future. And when, when we anchor into the present moment, that's what I did. I just focused on breathing. I was grateful to be there. I said, you know, I've got this. I've trained for this. I've prepared for this. And at the end of the day, I'm just going to do my best. Yeah. I'm just going to do my best. And by the time that I was probably 15 minutes into the race after they, the whistle blew, I was having the time of my life. I was, was just, I was cheesing from from ear to ear. I was That's having awesome. so much fun. It was hard. It was, it was very- How long did it take, three hours? No, it was, uh, the, our time was an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Um, 
So it was uh, 5K plus 20 obstacles, and then I plan to do two more races uh, the rest of this year, which will be the 10K and the half What marathon. a test, though. It was. And for me, it was a celebration of this accomplishment for my health because um, I think we maybe talked about this mm -hmm. before. Uh, within the last month, I finally hit my, my weight loss goal, mm -hmm. and I released from my body mm -hmm. over 50 pounds, uh, which has been awesome. And so I feel better. I feel different. It was, it was kind of like this – proving to myself that all of it has been worth it. Yeah. And so to just be standing there, like holding this medal and to come home, so my kids cool. are like, you won dad. I didn't win, but <laughs> <laughs> I won for me. Yes. Right? I wasn't competing against anybody but me. And I think that's one of the most important things to remember in business or in competition or in mm. life is that it's not about competing against other people. I know that's where we're going to transition to talking about defining success yeah. is that it's not about competing against other people. Like we have competitors in the market and you know, there's, all of that, but really it's you against you. I was listening to Gary V the other day, mm -hmm. which Gary Vee's cool, but I'm not like a fan of his or anything. But I did see like some content and he said something. I usually am not like moved by that kind of content and material, mm -hmm. but he said something that was like, wasn't meant to be profound or anything. It, he said, I don't know a single competitor of mine's mm -hmm. name. Yeah. And I was like, I definitely do. Mm. And I was, I was pretty, um, moved slash convicted by that statement yeah. and going into what we're talking about, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback into it yeah. is it is number one thing that's most difficult. I think to do in business is not worry about things that are outside of your control. Mm -hmm. You can't control who is bidding against you on a project. You can't control why, they're going to choose you or why they're not because that person had a bad day and they didn't like the name of your company. <laughs> like there are so many facts. It sounds silly, but I guarantee right. that's I had a traumatic experience with the word trifecta at or, one point in my life, so I'm not going to work with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially after the Spartan race. Goodness gracious. But no, seriously, though, like yeah. you just don't know. There's so many factors outside of we gave our best effort, mm -hmm. our honest integrity, mm -hmm. you know, pricing or hiring process, whatever it is yeah. that you can't worry about. And and I know like – I don't remember when it was, a, a couple years, probably two years ago now, right after I kind of got my first house and all that stuff. And I remember feeling a huge weight lift off my shoulders, mm -hmm. and I realized there should never have been that weight to begin with. It yeah. was like one of those things I was like – um, I had a meeting with our, big, our biggest account today with my landscaping company and how I, I reacted today versus two years ago, mm -hmm. I would have done anything. I would have got on my knees and said, I'm so sorry, you know, whatever. Yeah. And today I was more, and this is why I'm hoping you'll get out of this audience is it's going to be okay, whether or not yeah. like, but it, dude, it is so hard to get to that place when you feel like you've worked so hard to obtain something or so hard to keep something or so hard to, yeah. that's going to get you to the next goal of your business, that mm -hmm. customer, that client, that acquisition, whatever it is, yeah. it's so difficult. And this is where I would like you to chime in, David, how do we get our mindset away from, it doesn't matter what my revenue is. I'm not competing against anybody else. Yeah. I'm trying to run my race, mm -hmm. no pun intended. I'm trying to, this is what God, or this is what my family, if you're not in, your faith isn't as important to you, or it's not something you're concerned about. This is what matters to me. Yeah. I'm going to put blinders on this sides of the face mm -hmm. and run that race. And yeah. where it takes me is where it takes me. Yeah. How do you, in a world that we live in, that is comparison every day, mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. Oh, you have that truck. Oh, I wish I had this one. Oh, but I mean, kids, everything, right? Mm -hmm. um, I went to the doctor with my kids yesterday 
and my daughter's three and a half, my son's one and some change. And I remember leaving there because they did the height thing, mm-hmm. right? And my kids are really tall for their age. Like I'm not tall, I'm five nine, my wife's five five, but my kids are like super tall, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember like leaving there being like, who cares? Like mm-hmm. for the first time, because I've always wanted my kids to be tall for sports reasons, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> for the wrong reasons, I'll tell you. Um, it was like compared, like who, yeah. they showed you the percentiles. That's right. that's where it was. Yeah. They showed you the percentiles. And I was like, who cares what percentile? Yeah. So anyways. So I think like when it comes to comparison, I think so many times we – if we think about competition, right? You and I are both competitive. We sure. like, you know, we we play on a softball team together, and we just champions, uh, I mean, by a, the way. <laughs> champions, world champions. Um, but what's interesting about competition is that it all comes down to the frame that you're looking through. So you can compete with someone and have an admiration, a respect, an honor for what they're doing differently that challenges you to be better, Mm. or you can look at them as intrinsically better than you are and they're a threat. Mm. So that's where for me, when it comes to comparison, it's reframing things. It's looking at, okay, my competition in the market, I feel, and my personal opinion would be to disagree with Gary Vee just a little bit, is that I think that, uh, and it makes more sense in localized business, Mm -hmm. is to know what your competition is doing, but not from this place of scarcity and lack. Like you're looking at, you know, what are they doing uh, because we have to compete with them. It's saying, no, let let me look at their business and say, what could maybe I learn from them that will help us do better. And that's, to, to me, the advancement of market and industry is that when you have healthy competition, it's constantly forcing the competitors to be better and better and better. But what happens in a lot of businesses is that, and particularly- Yeah, I was gonna say in its healthiest form. In its healthiest yeah, form. Yeah, yeah. But what happens to a lot of business leaders is they look at it through this frame of comparison where they feel frustrated that my competitors can do this and they're always getting the jobs and they, you know, their truck trucks are wrapped and they've got mm-hmm. all the sponsors. A lot of people could look at Trifecta mm-hmm. or Pure or everything that you do and be like, well, Alex is just lucky, man. He's like, he's got it going on. Uh, you know, I, I don't like that guy because he's winning and I'm not, yeah, right? Yeah. A lot of times we forget that when we look at business, and you know this firsthand, when you're looking at scaling and growing, very few people take the time to assess the cost of growth. Yeah. If you're looking at someone that's across town, let's just say that, you know, we'll talk about landscaping companies, right? So you have a landscaping company, let's say your top line revenue is 200 grand a year, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, You're making it, you know, you might not have a lot of profit, but you're making it, right? You're making it month in and month out. And you're looking over here at, you know, Trifecta, what's your top line ballpark? 1.6. Yeah, 1.6. So you're looking, you're here at 200 grand, you're looking at Trifecta at 1.6 and you're like, oh my gosh, if only I could have their facility and their equipment, and their trucks, and their team members, and their office staff, and theirs. And it creates this unhealthy comparison because what you start to do is create this gap between where you're at and you feel deficient. You feel less than. You feel like I'm not winning in the way that they're winning. But the problem is, the reason I say that growth is really challenging is that your overhead costs for being a a small operation Mm There is strong potential for you to be exponentially more profitable 
than a $1.6 million top line rev business because you have so much overhead. There's so many more variables. There's different levels of stress. You have management, you have everything to do with, with orchestrating this giant entity. And so where people miss it is they look at numbers most often. They're like, well, we're only generating top line rev of 200 K they're over here at 1.6. And if I want to feel more successful, I need my business to be over here. But if you were to strip this down to simplicity, you could see, and I'm not saying this is your business, but you could see a $1.6 million top line revenue business and their overhead costs are 1.59999. Break even. They're basically a break even, mm-hmm. but your perception of them is that they're winning yeah. and you're losing. Because they have stuff. But if you're at, let's say, 200K top line rev, but your overhead costs are 100 grand and you're pulling in 100,000 in profit, right. you can do whatever the heck you want. You're actually financially winning right. more than this individual over here. But because of the appearance of this business, we get stuck in this feeling of like, I'm not good enough. And it makes you not feel the confidence like we talked about running your race to even get close to them ever. Cause you're stuck in close to them. Mm-hmm. You're not going to want to f- have the confidence to scale yeah. or add scale, add grow, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, because you're always thinking, well, there's no way I could, there's no, yeah. instead of just run and see where it takes you mm-hmm. do things like this is going back to simplicity. We talked about this, I think last time simplicity is the most freeing thing mm-hmm. when you can go, okay, this is what we're about. This yeah. is who we are. Here's where we're headed. I'm running hard at it yeah. with intentionality and simplicity. We'll see where the chips fall. Mm-hmm. Everybody, we want to take a second to thank today's show sponsor, Jobber. If you guys haven't used Jobber, it is a leading CRM for your home service-based business. If you're looking to help with scheduling, invoicing, routing, Jobber is the way to go. So you're organized, efficient, and in charge of everything you're doing. If you want a discount, look in our show notes today. You get 20% off your first six months. And again, thank you, Jobber, for being a show sponsor and the company we trust at Trifecta Landscaping now for five years. It is so difficult to be that simple because there's so much noise and chaos mm-hmm. and yeah. distractions, right, pulling at us. Mm-hmm. I mean... I don't know. I, do you, in your field, I mean, yeah. I don't know if you have a good example other than than landscaping. Do you? But it, I just feel that tension when I talk to yeah. the people I consult. I was telling you, I was in a mastermind group the other night, and there were a couple young men who were very successful at their age, yeah. 20, 21-year-olds doing $200,000 revenue a year mm-hmm. with one employee making 70, 80, 90,000 in their pocket. Right. Um, 70, probably. Yeah. And, but they're like, but I want crews and I want guys and I want this and I want that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you think you do. Yeah. But until you get there, you don't know. <laughs> you don't understand. You and don't that's... know if you do. Like some people might thrive in that. Mm-hmm. Some people would, would die in that. Yeah. And so. Anyways. And that's why it's the, the whole premise here is defining success yeah. for yourself. Yeah. Right? Explain that. And so what we end up doing is growing up, we've all kind of adopted this version of success. And most often, especially in Americanized culture, we define success through the frame of money. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is the only metric that is often used to define success. I would say just societally, sure. not for you and I necessarily as individuals, yeah, but I think just assets. generally speaking, yeah. you look at a person, you would define their success by the car they drive, the house they have, how much you know their net worth is, et cetera. But the problem is, is that that's only one metric. 
because I can't tell you how many people are extravagantly wealthy driving the cars, living in the homes, and their marriage is falling apart. Miserable. They have no relationship with their kids. Mm -hmm. They have massive beer gut or whatever. Their mm -hmm. health is in the tank, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying this is a blanket generalization for all wealthy people. Sure. It's not true. What I go after in trying to help empower entrepreneurs to succeed is what I call, and we've talked about this before, aligned abundance. It's like, I want you to win financially, but I don't want you doing this at the cost at the of your marriage, at yeah. the cost of your relationship with your kids, at the cost of your health. We need to look at all of these facets and figure out how can we escalate these in accordance with each other and move them up at a similar pace aligned mm -hmm. with the version of you that you want to be and the success that you want to have. And the reason that that so many people don't have the success that they, they think they want is because they've never actually answered the question, why do I even want that? Yeah. Why do I want a million dollar business? Why do I want a hundred million dollar business? Why do, I want, why do I want to build a billion dollar empire? What is it? Is it driven by ego because you want your name to be big and you want to be known by everybody? Or is it some other underlying motivating reason? So when we can ask this question, why do I want this? And really get honest with ourselves, like in this season of life for me, Alex, big priority to me is my health being present for my wife, being present for my kids, and being present for my clients. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to scale all of these things creep, creep gradually. Uh, yeah. It's the tortoise in the hair. I'm yeah. playing a long game. Yeah. Most entrepreneurs are playing a week in, week out, month to month, how are we gonna make it? I just need to survive. And they they don't have the capacity to step back and say, I need to have, I need to have a longer vision. Even though you don't necessarily know what's gonna happen in five years and 10 years, it's not about the achievement or the accomplishment, it's about who are you going to be through yeah. that process. And what I found, Alex, this is a very simple question you can ask, I would encourage all of you to ask this, I ask it all the time, is when you look at successful people, do you feel resentment and, and envy? Or do you feel inspired, inspired. and empowered? Wow. Because if you can- I don't know if, if I'd ask myself that. If you feel resentment and envy because you're like, and I, we grew up with this, many of us did, is like they're filthy rich, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody needs that kind of house. Nobody needs that kind of car. Nobody needs to have that much money. I don't even have blank. Right. They and have so this, I don't even have. Yeah. That's that unhealthy comparison. Or you see it in relationships too. It's like, you know, I- their, their relationship makes me sick. Mm -hmm. How much they love each other is ridiculous, right? People are projecting all of this pain and insecurity, and that's what we're doing. If you're looking at people that have achieved success in any area, in their health, in their relationships, in their wealth, that's really the three buckets, hmm. health, relationships, and wealth. Yep. If you are looking at succeeding and growing and expanding in any one of these areas, number one, you need to find a model, someone that you can follow and, and model their steps for success. But you also need to look at and assess, okay, am I feeling some resentment, some anger, some frustration towards this person thinking life's unfair? Like why, why did they get that and I don't? Mm -hmm. If you're feeling those things, that's actually a gift. But we don't see it as a gift. Right. The reason it is a gift is that if you're feeling those things, your body and who you are, your spirit is telling you something is out of alignment here. Yeah. Because we have to reframe this and say, man, I want to celebrate the fact that you have an incredible marriage. I want to celebrate the fact that you have an incredible relationship with your kids. I want to celebrate the fact that your business is thriving. I want to celebrate that. There's no disconnect here of me feeling threatened by your success or feeling less than. When you can reframe that in your mind, you start to attract all of this success mm. into your life. And that's where people miss it. They're out here working and striving and trying so hard to create success, but the reason is, is because they're resentful of the people that have it. 
But when you start celebrating it and you can hold it in that place, you start attracting it into your life. And it's funny because I'm just, my initial gut reaction to that is I'm, whenever you're talking, I'm trying to think, what do I do right now? Resentment always feels in your mind like you're justified, mm-hmm. but it's such a poison. Like it, it does is. nothing for you. Yeah. And what you're saying is, is like, on the flip side of that, if you can look at somebody you look up to mm-hmm. and let that be like a magnet to your soul where you're like, I really want to be with that person, understand what's made them, who they are, yeah. instead of, you know, the one I feel a lot is like they must – I think I'm like the cynic. I'm like, well, they definitely cheated or yep. they definitely like cut mm-hmm. a corner or they got – they won the lot or like yeah. obviously there's a lot of – yeah, I just feel like there's something cynical in me most of the time. It's not that I wish bad for them. It's like, eh, did yeah. they really do that? Like, right. that's where my mind goes. We're skeptical. And and what it is, and this is where it's so freeing. The reason I say that that resentment or that envy is a gift is obviously it's not useful that you're feeling that way. But the reason or the way it can become a gift is if your awareness changes. If I become aware, I'm feeling resentful towards this person, right? We got Braden over here. Mm-hmm. Brain's a freaking stud. If I look at him, I'm like, I'm resentful of the fact that he can go run a bunch of Spartan races mm-hmm. and it's just like cake to him. Guess what I'm doing? I'm creating within myself this, this disturbance, this dissonance, this frustration. Instead of recognizing I feel resentful of him, now I'm aware. Why? Why do I feel resentful of this incredible human being who's worked hard on himself, who can do these types of things? Why do I feel resentful? That's the gift. When you start asking yourself why, you say, I need to change this. Because if you didn't feel the resentment, you wouldn't even be aware of it mm. at all that you were feeling that way. So when you can stop for a moment and realize, yeah, I'm feeling these feelings about this person. That's my reality. But this isn't useful. So I need to reframe this. Now I can look at him with respect and admiration. And he inspires me mm. to go after the things inside of my heart. I'm no longer competing against Braden. I'm becoming the best version of myself yeah. because he has paved the way and modeled it. Right. And I want to be that type of man. Yeah. Right? Right. You see the difference there? I totally see the difference. I mean, like I said, it's totally challenging. Um, in a, one of my businesses, there's one main competitor, I would say, to mm-hmm. one of mine uh, that I've been focused on. And for the first half of the year, I was focused on it negatively, very yeah. badly. Um, the last month and a half, two months... I've been shifting this, but not enough. And you're challenging me to kind of put it, push it through the finish line. Because again, like, why do we want other people's boats to sink in order for ours to sail? I just, (laughs) we live in a society where people think the only way that I can win is if someone else has to lose. Which is total bullcrap. It's crazy. I hope bullcrap's okay on that. Bullcrap's okay. <laughs> we're we're a we're right. a uh, Christian family friendly here, but bullcrap is not in the Bible. So when you look at that though, that's why so many people are number one either feared of failure or fe- fear uh, they're scared of failure or they're scared of success. I didn't even think about what you just said. I mean, I know I did the boat analogy, but people, you guys don't understand. We do not sit here and practice this. I had some like. We don't practice this. It's not like it's we scripted. went over these analogies oh, before. <laughs> I I I didn't think about it in this concept of context. Excuse me. Of like, we don't have people don't have to lose for us to win. And that is so profound. And do you I, know why? But though? that's how I like. That's totally. Me. Do you know why though? Why what? I'll tell you why. No one has to lose in order for every single one of you out there, and including us, to win. Okay. Here's why. Why. I'll give you just a quick little for instance, mm-hmm. okay? 
one of your big dreams and one of your big goals? What's something like something tangible that you want to be able to buy one day for what? Like you don't have to justify the me, reason. You're yeah. Me? What is one giant, huge, big thing that like if you had all the money in the world, you would want to indulge on? Uh, like an item or or like let's say if I mean, you could like buy farm, your dream like home, if you acres. could buy your dream home, like of uh, yeah, I'm like hundred no acres. Where you know? where would it be? Around here. Around here. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's really fascinating is I can go out and I can, I can interview a hundred other people yeah, asking that same question. Answer. They're going to give me a different answer, right? Because every one of us has these dreams, like uh, these things that we want in life. But when we're really honest about why we want them and going after them, we let go of this again fear of failure or fear of success. Because in our minds, we're thinking if I go after that and win, you see this on two sides. Number one, if I go after that and I don't get it, I'm gonna feel like a failure. Or if I go after that and I do get it, somebody else had to pay the price. Yeah. And I care about people too much to harm someone else on my path to success, so I'm not even gonna go after success mm. because I don't wanna hurt other people. And so if you believe that for you to win means someone else has to lose, you will constantly hold yourself back from the levels of success in your life that have been given to you as opportunities because you're scared giving of hurting you, other people. Giving you as opportunities. I like that. All right, so to wrap that up, what are the three bullet points on how to define success? So defining success comes down to, I, I think it's these three buckets, okay? And, and people listening, as you after you listen to this, whether you're at home or you're driving home, you should go home tonight, I don't even know what you're going to say, mm -hmm. and write out your answers to these three things and yeah. soak on them. Yeah. I'm going to do it for I sure. I think that... I'll start with those three buckets just to reiterate what we talked about earlier. So we have health, we have relationships, we have wealth. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself, when is the last time you actually sat down and defined what success meant to you in mm -hmm. each of these dedicated areas? And then what I want you to do is this. You're going to look and say, you know, this is the type of, of body I want to have, or these are the things I want to compete in. I want to, you know, I want to become a professional whatever or whatever it is. I don't care. Define yeah. these goals specifically. Use SMART goals which are S-M-A-R-T, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. You need to look at it and say, okay, this is what success in my health looks like. This is what success in my relationships looks like. And this is what success in my wealth looks like. Now, here's where you have to be very careful though, okay? When you start to define this goal where people mess up goals is they think that I can't be happy and fulfilled and enjoy the process until <laughs> I achieve <laughs> this goal. And what you're doing is you're deferring your happiness until. into the future. And you're saying, so I don't good. have permission to be happy until I get to that point. And that's one of the dangers in goal setting. But here's how you mitigate that. You look at these different things and you really, you, you use the question why seven times. This is an exercise called Seven Levels Deep. You asked me this one time and it rocked me the first time we had a discussion on the <laughs> it's podcast. It's scary. And it's weird. Ideally, if you could do this with somebody else uh, that you yeah. love and trust, like a spouse or a best I'm friend, sure somebody like that like you can be honest. If you ask the question, okay, well, why do I want that? So, I mean, we could do a little for instance. You didn't even here. tell me you were going to do no, it. No, I don't like the to warn time. people usually. <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> but if you can answer the question and say, okay, so I want this in, um, we'll just use finances because we're talking about business right now. Okay. I want this in my, in my financial, uh, you know, my financial situation to look like this. Ask yourself the question, why? And write it down. Now ask yourself the question, why was that your answer? And you ask that question a series of seven times and there's something incredible that happens between 
the fifth time you've mm-hmm. asked it, usually it's like the fourth or fifth time you've asked in the sixth time. Because what will happen is you're gonna go from here to here. And you're gonna start to realize that the reason that you haven't achieved the degree of success that you want in your life, number one has to do with your habits, the choices you've been making. But number two is you don't even know why you've been wanting to get those things in the first place. But when you go through this seven levels deep exercise in alignment with your goals, you will come to this place where I got emotional the first time that I did this exercise. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to cry because I realized my motivation behind building business, my motivation behind being the father I wanted to be, you will get these answers and you'll realize that is why I wake up every day and do what it is, whatever it is. Or you uncover something disgusting that you didn't know was there. Exactly. You discover like, I can't believe why in the world do I want this? Why am I running my business this way? Why am I treating my spouse this way? Why am I treating my kids this way? And it gives us the information we need to change. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it tears back the veil, so to Mm -hmm. speak. That's great stuff, Dave. Well, thank you again, guys, for so much for listening to this episode of the down business podcast. I hope I know God, my mind's racing right now. I hope (laughs) that you, you know, take an action plan from this episode you know we're doing this extra content just taking it another step so you have tangible ways to change your business from the inside out david waldy Xander kirby here we'll see you next time thank you so much